0: Fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Havener. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile try to
1: get In for the it touchdown. Back. What a great second over there. I so. I the up in my what is up Wolfpack? it is your boy the wolf with another episode of the fantasy fullback dive i think number 118 119 whatever it is right now it's our second episode of our daily fantasy special uh and we of course are joined by jimbo slice resident dfs expert jimbo how you doing today on this fine thursday
0: Doing great. Uh, excited before we kick off this Thursday night game, which should be a good one. But um, excited to get some picks in here.
1: I know. I got to decide. Give me, give me your insight real quick. I know we've been texting back and forth, but do I play Royce tonight? It's Royce or Mixon? I don't know how much more trash bag Mixon ass I can sniff here. Uh, are, are you down for Royce? Like, what do I do here? It's tough.
0: I kind of like Royce, as unsexy as that sounds. I feel like he's going to find out, uh, he's going to trip into the end zone somehow and. I, I mean, Lindsey's going to do a lot of work, but I could see him, like, vulturing a touchdown. And I'm just—I'm over Mixon. I'm so through with him.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm feeling the same way. hes I saw a stat that he has the most touches in the NFL right now, Royce does, without a single touchdown. So I think oh, he's it's due. due. It, you know, he's so due. It's its coming tonight. It's going to come back out on Friday, so we'll find out if I look like a moron or not. But I think I'm going to go to the Rolls-Royce and uh, see what it takes me tonight. Um, but yes, as I previewed last week, we have a DFS episode. It's very GPP or tournament-style focused, where we're going for that millionaire maker. We're trying to win it all, um, and in that sense, we're not going to just recommend our safe plays, our 50-50 bets, and um, we're also going to have a focus on that, that main 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. slate, so none of the primetime games will be included in here as we preview it. Uh, got some positive feedback that last week, people liked that position-by-position, price-range-style breakdown. They enjoyed especially the shock um, and thought that was especially helpful to know who people were going to be leaning towards and if there's any we would erase there. Um, And I talked to my buddy Zenos still uh, no word from him today but he is off some huge wins uh, in the tens of thousands of dollars so somehow we'll find this guy we'll track him down and get him on in another week or two. We have Ian Harditz over at Roto World Uh, he's confirmed to join us in the next week or two as well so uh, right now you got me in the Jimbo Slice last week if you followed our advice you you should have at least cashed. I I heard uh, you you know, I got to that nice forty dollar range on the, the millionaire maker, which is never the easiest thing to do. Still haven't hit it huge, but this is the week. I, I feel I sent you my lineup and it, it felt chalky. It felt <laughs> you know, too perfect, but I think it's gonna be the one. Uh Jimbo, you ready to break down some some players here with me? Let's do it. I know, we're in agreement on a lot of these guys, so I had to dig back in and find some other ones I wanted to go with. Uh, We're going to start with running backs, though. I always like to get three horses into my lineup, so that's where I like to start. Jimbo, where are you looking at running back if you're paying up big this week?
0: Uh, The first guy that I'm looking at is Leonard Fournette at 7000 I feel like he might—I haven't looked at the Roto-Grinders piece. I know you have those. He might be one of the more higher-owned guys this week, but Fournette at 7000 like seems like a steal— um Cincinnati's been awful on defense especially against the run and just his sheer volume of work that he's getting
1: Mm -hmm. let me
0: pull up his uh his game log here it's
1: insanity he's right around like 22 23 touches a game but especially the receiving spike it's insane
0: exactly he's got three games in a row of 20 plus carries he's gotten let's see six four and two catches so I mean it's not like He's not lighting the world on fire, but he's still getting those cheap extra points there. And and he he's on a sneaky
1: a- pace. Yeah, like six over 60 receptions, I believe, is the pace at this point, which for Fournette is, is huge.
0: Absolutely. And he's only scored one touchdown in his last four games, it looks like. So that's mm-hmm. due for positive regression there. So especially on a team that's as bad as the Bengals, I think Fournette is a must play this
1: week. Oh, yeah, 7K is all too cheap for this guy. I think a uh, multi-TD day, as you said, positive TD regression is for sure coming for this guy. Uh, The guy I'm definitely spending up for, though, is Dalvin Cook. There's not going to be a lineup I have without him. I think he's ripping 150 two to 3 scores, facing Detroit, giving up the third most points to running backs right now. Uh, And that, that offense is still clicking. The offensive, you know, the passing game finally has come to life, which means the boxes can't be quite as stacked. It's been a while since we had that 20 carry, 20 plus carry Dalvin Cook day. I think we get it here. I think we get a monstrous performance. Uh, the only guy priced ahead of him was Saquon Barkley, who's also projected to be quite highly owned. Do you think he rebounds in a big way this uh, coming back in, against the Cardinals here?
0: I could see it, especially against Arizona, Um, and he's probably not going to be too heavily owned coming off the injury, whereas someone like Dalvin will be much higher owned, so he could be a nice Mm -hmm. pivot play in tournaments if you're looking to differentiate your lineup there.
1: I know we saw Freeman just catch two touchdowns against the, the Falcons. I mean, uh, against the Cardinals. D. So of course, a talent like Barkley, who's full go, superhuman guy, uh, another person to, to spend up on. I'd love going big at running back this week because I think there's some nice receivers you can save on. Uh, and There's actually a mid-range guy I absolutely love though that I have to have in my lineup, and that's Josh Jacobs. At only five thousand dollars, he's my eighth-ranked running back. Uh, so I would have had him priced right around seven thousand, right around that four-net range, and he's. Two thousand dollars cheaper. There's not a lineup I'm gonna have without him sliding into my flex here. Josh Jacobs. We're gonna have Cook. I'm gonna have Fournette. I'm gonna have Josh Jacobs as my flex at five thousand bucks. They're giving up the Green Bay Packers' fifth most points to running backs right now. Uh, Josh Jacobs, fresh off a twenty-nine touch day, gets a week of rest. I think he's just gonna explode down the stretch here, and we're gonna see a consistent twenty to thirty touch day for this guy uh, throughout the season. I think to beat the Packers, it's gonna start this week. They're gonna feed him voluminously. So I, I really like Josh. Jacobs this week at 5k. Who are you looking at in those middle range prices?
0: I like Jacobs, that's a good play. Um, I might piggyback on Chris Carson again this week just for the sheer volume. Yeah. Uh, another 20 touch guy, also involved in the passing game, a home favorite against the Ravens. Um, Baltimore's not really that good. I feel like they've they're kind of living on like their reputation. Like, you hear the Baltimore defense and you think, like Oh, like to that, you it goes back to like the 2000 mm-hmm. you think they're like elite. But they're really not that good anymore. Um, so he's someone that I'm considering. I've looked at Marlon Mack at six thousand um, as a home home. I guess I don't know if they're really favorites, but they're basically in a pick 'em against the Texans. Um, yeah. I've looked at Marlon Mack a little bit. Derrick Henry potentially at five eight. Tevin Coleman at five six. I don't. Know. I feel like I'm gonna spend so much on those workhorses up top. I'm not really gonna have room to jam in anyone that uh, in the intermediate price unless yeah. it's Josh, because of course.
1: You mentioned Coleman, too. That's the one other guy. You know, I, I like Jacobs' price. The fact that I can save 600 and I have him you know, five or six spots Absolutely. higher in my rankings already. I'm going to go Jacobs in most, but just to give myself a little other exposure, I can see myself throwing Coleman, that pathetic Washington run D. I mean, if Jeff Wilson had multiple score days and Coleman's had at least one touchdown in every single week so far, I think this is the week we get him into the end zone twice. A nice 20-plus fantasy point day coming for him at 5,600. So if you wanted to save it, running back. And again, I'm going to have a hard time avoiding Cook. I'm going to have a hard time avoiding Fournette at their beautiful prices. But if you wanted to save and just load up on wide receivers, a Coleman, Josh Jacobs, you know, for only 10600 combined could be a nice play to save money. Are there any cheap guys, like real budget breakers? Again, I know we talked last week and I totally subscribe to the, the strategy of I, I pay up at running back and then I kind of find the wide receivers or tight ends I can say that. But is there a, a cheap running back? Last week Carlos Hyde was that guy right in that four K price range that ended up winning the in the million maker uh, for for his owner. Is there any other guys you think could be like that this week?
0: Um, Hyde's not a bad bet. I looked at uh, Tariq Cohen a little bit at forty mm. six hundred Against the Saints, I feel like that's a game where you know it's going to be tough to move the ball, and he's one of those guys that's like explosive enough to take out like a screen it's pass. An and intriguing play, yeah. Sixty yards for a long score, so he's he's always been a really good tournament play. Um, mm. waiting for a blow up spot here.
1: Yeah, uh, I like that a lot. So much. Yeah, I mean, I had Hyde written back down 4,700, just 20-plus touches every single week. I know Leonard's back, so that's going to be a little bit tricky for him. I saw Walton's only 3,200, uh, which is, you know, he's the starter. I know he's on the Dolphins. I know they're facing the Bills, so I don't expect anything from Walton. But if you were going to save at running back... I mean, 3,200, all you're hoping for is a touchdown. A guy that would become you know, an immediate must-play would be Daryl Henderson if the guys in front yep. of him are injured. We know Gurley at this point. Uh, today the news was they expect him to play. They're optimistic of him playing. But they also were optimistic last week. And I, I'm starting to – McVay's becoming one of those coaches. I just don't believe a fucking word that comes out of his mouth. Uh, yeah. It's all filthy and disgusting, that little playboy. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe a thing. So I don't know that Gurley's his lock like, like McVay. Vay says, uh, Malcolm Brown did not return to practice either. So even if Gurley plays, it seems like Henderson, who was one of the lone bright spots, I know he didn't do anything insane last week, but I averaged, you know right around 6.2, I think, yards per carry. Uh, looked explosive. Did some nice wiggle in the middle there. Uh, it if good. he was to be the guy against the Falcons at 3,500, would be a must, must play. In terms of chalk, I know you talked about the ownership percentages and, and what are some of those numbers. Your guy Carson's the highest projected owned at 20 seven percent. The guy we both love for net 25%. Barkley, actually, I, I mean, I thought after the injury he wouldn't be as high, but right now they're projecting 25%. These do get adjusted throughout the week, actually. Uh, tonight's a big night where they, they can kind of project even more so after the Thursday night start. Uh, but carry on Johnson at 16% and DJ at 15.5%, where they round out the top five. And carry on at 5,100, I can see that. Uh, not, not a bad value on a guy that's been seeing right around 20 touches a week. The um, Vikings D, though, I don't know. It might be. A, a tougher matchup for him yeah um what about in terms of wide receiver oh and uh, that's the chalk is there any guys in that list you're like ah maybe not this week um Carson Fournette Barkley carry on DJ
0: I'd probably have to lean Saquon just out of the whole injury thing and then mm-hmm. I'd much rather save nine hundred dollars for Dalvin than yeah. I would pay up for Saquon
1: I know I was shocked to not see Dalvin and he was right there yeah, like top seven or so. And ultimately these are just projections. So we'll see how accurate they end up being. Um, but yeah, I, I was shocked to not see him in that list. I hope that's the case because I'm going to have him in every single one of my lineups. I know we're both in love with the, the wide receiver. We're going to both pay up for uh, and he is projected to be one of the higher owned ones, the fourth highest at 15%. That's Cooper Cup. What do you love about this guy this week? Why do you think he's going to rebound after a dud?
0: Yeah, I really swung and missed last week on Cooper Cup. Fucking Jared Goff, looking like the Ugh. worst back ever. Um, but if there's ever a chance that he can bounce back, it's against this Atlanta defense. Oh yeah. And Kyler Murray just went to town last week on him. I, Jared Goff should be able to do the same. He's got all the weapons around him. Mm-hmm. We know Cup is his favorite target. Um, he should just—he should probably see ten plus targets in this game. He's a great guy. After the catch, when he gets the ball, I could see a nice 12, like 110, and a score line here, which is good for like
1: what's that? 30 DraftKings points. That's
0: sick. Anywhere around 30, yeah. I I just ultimate blow-up game from Cup here. A a nice bounce-back performance, if you will.
1: I'm fully on board. Uh, I absolutely love Cup to just tear through this defense. They're horrendous at tackling. Wide receivers were just ripping chunk gains after chunk gains and none of them are nearly as dangerous as Cup. Uh, so I, I'm totally with you. He's going to roast this defense. hes I forget the exact target average, but I mean, he's had 16, 14, 12. Like, it, the averages have been ridiculous. So if he gets that volume against this pathetic D, I'm all about it. There's another Rams receiver I want to preview later. That's more in the mid-range though. Uh, so I'll talk some more Rams, Falcons in a little bit. The guy I'd pay up for if it's not Cup, and it's going to be Cup for me, I am 100% putting Cup in there, but if not, I might put $400 more down and just say Hopkins is so fucking due. I mean, he gets targeted, he makes these nice plays, and yet we just still haven't had that two touchdown, 100-yard, like major splash-style day. I think he's coming against Indianapolis. Um, I I really like that game to be a sneaky back-and-forth contest. I think Hopkins, they're giving up the 24th most points to wide receivers. They're safe are still banged up uh, i think hopkins could definitely get it done this week if uh and his ownership shouldn't be too too high um, with owners finally getting a little bit sick of him this could be the one week he finally does it um in terms of middle range guys i know i said i was going to preview that rams game a little more i kind of like brandon cooks i think the one thing that that this it's really hampered this offense as a whole has been that pathetic offensive line but now we've seen you know the pathetic Cardinals offensive line you know, stall the, the pass rush of the Falcons. We've seen the you know awful Texans offensive line just completely manhandle that D-line. And they are by far the worst, generating the least amount of pressure of any team. And if there's one thing Goff can do, when he can sit back, he can throw that dime deep. Uh, right. And Brandon Cooks, it will definitely going to be streaking. He's going to have that time to finally get open. That's what's been really killing this guy's value all year. There's just been no time to let those long balls develop. I think they're going to hook up for at least one if not two and really try to establish this guy so you know a 152 TD Cooks day is not without the realm of possibility so in the lineups I don't have Cook maybe where I pivot to Hopkins uh, I'm definitely gonna be tossing Brandon Cooks in there at 5400 I love him for sure now there's another chalky wide receiver another big deep threat that we both love and that's T.Y. Hilton Uh, what do you have on this guy for this week
0: Oh man bit big fan of TY Hilton this week. Um, mm-hmm. for some reason he seems to always go off against the Texans. Oh yeah it's just like a, it's like in his DNA for some reason he plays mm-hmm. Houston he has a monster day. Um, his game against the Chiefs was a little underwhelming. He only had 7.7 7 points um, but you know they kind of played it slow. I'm a little worried about the Colts there where it's like they're kind of their whole game plan just been you know kind of focusing on like running the ball. Just beating him up on the offensive line and win it with some defense. Um, but I don't know against the Texans if you're gonna be able to do that. I just I don't know. His, his price at only fifty nine hundred, he's usually in like the upper six K range. Mm-hmm. And this is such a discount on a guy with such a good track record against Houston. I'm mm-hmm. thousand percent pulling the trigger on TY.
1: I couldn't believe that he was only 5,900. I was ready. I, I mean, I previewed the on our last podcast with Nat, you know, higher, lower, hail Mary's. T.Y. Hilton was absolutely my higher, my wide receiver three for the week because of how much he dominates these Texans team. I was expecting to pay, you know, 75 or so for the guy. To see him at 5,900 was insane to me. And just to, you know, put the stats to, to paint this picture of how much he's dominated him, it's been historic. I mean, the, the average uh, right here, over 14 games, he's averaging 97 yards. Five uh, receptions and nine touchdowns over those 14 games. But ultimately, the last five games, nine for 199 four for 115, three for 14, a week 17 meaningless game, dud. But then five, 175, two scores, nine, 115, one TD. Uh, I definitely see him having one of those better solid, you know, 170 score, maybe eight to nine catches because he's been dominating Brissett's target share this entire week. He's had the best pro football focused matchup for any wide receiver coming into the week. Uh, at 5,900, I know a ton of people are going to own this guy, but mm. I'm not going to be the one to fade him because I, I just think it's yet another, you know, death taxes, T.Y. Hilton smashing the Texans. Uh, I'm all about it this week, for sure. The only other mid-range guy I'm looking at is Golden Tate. Uh, I know Shepard's expected back, but Shepard's been roaming the outside when Tate's there. He has 83% of snaps. He's been in the slot for all 83% of those snaps, and that's where he can avoid Patrick Peterson, who's returning. I think Shepard will draw that uh, attention, letting Golden Tate just run wild against this pathetic Arizona team. If you can put up 100 yards, a six-catch, and uh a one T D against the Patriots for almost twenty fantasy points, then you could definitely do that. You know, and that's the hardest defense against wide receivers. The Cardinals have nobody else to cover outside of Peterson. So I think Golden Tate could be in for a nice day at fifty eight hundred. Uh but the fact that he's only a hundred cheaper than T Y Hilton, uh if I if I have those two options, it's gotta be T Y, no doubt. All right. Uh, what about cheap guys? I, we're both definitely you you st- I was looking at the list and you keep taking the guys I want to talk about and I'm <laughs> all in on this cheap guy uh, who is it and what do you love about him?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, Allen I believe it's pronounced Lazard um, mm-hmm. from Green Bay at 3,000 so the main reason with him is you look for cheap guys or just guys in general who are having um, expected increased roles within their offense. So Alan uh, Lazard kind of stepped in once I think it was all MVS Geronimo Allison and someone else got hurt too I feel like there's three all three pass catchers on Green Bay that are just all not expected to play this week So it basically leaves Lazard to oh Devontae Adams duh
1: Yeah, maybe the big Uh, guy
0: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) So like Lazard's basically one of the only guys left and he's just being thrust into a primetime role Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball, and he even, you know, he praised confidence with him, saying, you know, he looked good in practice, I trust this guy, let's let's get him out in the field and see what he can do. And, you know, he showed up, and he stepped up, and he played pretty well. So, I think, uh, especially against Oakland's secondary, that's pretty weak in general. I think it's a pretty good spot for Lazard if you're really looking to, you know, pay up at those running backs and find some cheap offsetting receivers at 3,000.
1: Yeah, if this has happened on Sunday, I think his price might be a whole lot higher, but you got that Monday night discount banked in, and he didn't play until the fourth quarter, and he only played because Aaron Rodgers went over to Matt LaFleur and said, we need to get this guy in there, I want to throw him the ball because of how well he's been practicing with me, and sure enough, four catches on five targets, 65 yards, and that, that go-ahead touchdown score later, uh, Lazard was the man. Um, and, and ultimately, Rodgers was praising how the you know he was coming in and saying, let's run this play. You know, you said Lazar just showed a confidence he hasn't seen in his other receivers. and He loved the swagger and the way this guy was playing. And when Rodgers is, when you're on his good side, there's nothing better for a wide receiver. And that, you know, you saw it on that touchdown throw. It was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of timing and complete trust in your wide receiver. And you don't really see that with Rodgers and too many guys. So that the fact that we're already seeing this in the kids' first live NFL action in that last quarter when the game's on the line tells me Rodgers has full faith in him. He even said, you know, two of his catches in that uh, three catches in that final fourth uh, drive for the uh, the go ahead um, freaking field goal score, so I've stumbled over myself there. Uh, and two of them went for first down. So he was looking at him on third down when he needed to move the sticks. Uh, he even said, "You know, we're calling this." Lafleur dialed in two plays, and he said, "Let's go with the one for Allen because I know he's going to get it done." And they did. So ultimately, when you have that faith from Rodgers, it's just a no-brainer. Uh, so yeah, three thousand. That's by far my my favorite cheap wide receiver play. If and I expect to be pretty chalky. If you wanted mm-hmm. to avoid that one, you know Beasley's at forty-seven hundred, a little more expensive than I expected, but you know ten and thirteen catches before last week's dud. Now of course facing Miami, the worst slot corner in the league, the lowest grade from Pro Football Focus on anybody uh, for corner. So Beasley could roast that guy. I mean Pettis at forty-one hundred, facing Washington, could burn him deep. Especially with Debo Samuel not gonna you know not expected to suit up, and then Duke Williams uh, for Buffalo. Another uh, I like stacking anybody against Miami, and this guy had a touchdown last week. He's fresh off of leading the CFL in receiving. I mean, I know it's the CFL. Who knows how much <laughs> that's gonna translate? But two twenty five, that six three big body. You know, I'm a big fan of those big receivers. I could see him easily scoring against Miami. Any other cheap guys other than Alan Lazard or any of the ones I chucked out there?
0: Uh, Auden Tate caught my eye at 4,500. I don't think AJ Green's going to play this week. So, you know, he's still running as the wide receiver too. And it seems like Tate was priced as if Green was coming back this week and he was Mm -hmm. just kind of diminished into a a nothing role. So he's someone I'd consider, um, down there at the cheap options. Um,
1: 12 targets last week. I mean, yeah. <laughs> chase the volume always. We've seen him get in the end zone two weeks ago. We saw 12 targets this week. Uh, maybe we have that beautiful making of, of a baby where we get the, the volume and the yardage and the touchdowns. I could totally see that with Auden and Tate, 6'5". I mean, the guy is a beast, and there's going to be obviously no Ramsey there this week. And speaking of Ramsey... The expected chalk this week is Julio Jones at highest, at 18%, which kind of blows my mind with a tough matchup against Ramsey, a hip injury that's been nagging him, and just a severe lack of production overall. I, I don't see why he's at 18%. That's a guy I would be fading, especially if he's going to be owned that much. Uh, but other than that, T.Y. Hilton, 18%, the second highest. Lockett's at 17%. Cup at 15% and John Brown at 15% were the projected five highest owned wide receivers this week. I already mentioned I'm going to fade Julio. I see you wrote that down too. Is there any other guy in this list that you're like, yeah, I just won't touch this week?
0: Um no, just really Julio with the Ramsey update and then yeah. his he's like hips bothering him a little bit and it usually doesn't work anytime I go against Julio, so it'll probably yeah. burn me, but it's worth a shot.
1: i'm gonna stay away he's done nothing this year and then lockett 17 uh owned i don't know against marlon Humphreys. he's been locking down number one receivers for the the ravens and teams have been definitely going away from him uh because of how locked down he's been so i could see this being more of a dk metcalf day and lockett kind of struggling so i don't i don't really buy him at that high owned chalk price Uh, in terms of qb's Um, obviously the prices are a little bit different, but there is that tier of, you know, 7,000 to 6,500 or so. Who do you like in that expensive range? If you're paying up a QB this week,
0: there's a lot of good guys to choose from. Um, Lamar Jackson is probably my favorite. This game to me has shootout written all over it. Mm. Um, and when you get Jackson, his rushing ability, he just takes off. He's, he's almost unguardable. Um, I feel like a nice 30 point game is coming for him. So if I'm really going to pay up for a guy, it's, it's gotta be Lamar this week
1: yeah the number one fantasy quarterback so far this year and the only guy right below him by a meager two points is Russell Wilson and that's my pick for the week uh, he's the fourth highest in price despite being my number one quarterback as you mentioned shootout style game there's nobody better than Russ in these shootout style games where he's playing from behind or has to keep pace with another quarterback he's been absolutely dynamite this year uh, really has only been under 29 points once in the last five games which is insanity uh, definitely on an MVP pace and I I think we see another blow up game from Russell Wilson my number 1 quarterback for the week. He's priced as a number 4, so I'm going to line that up all day. I know we're both on board for our middle range guy. We've already talked about loving two of his weapons. That's Jared Goff. Is there anything else to really add here?
0: Uh, not really. Big fan of Goff this week, but I feel like if there's a guy that you can play naked and like just not stack any receivers with, it's him cuz you know, the thing in the past was you'd never know who he was going to throw it to, but because mm-hmm. there's three great options he can. Um, Cup's kind of done it a little more this year, but I feel like if, if there's a guy that's naked proof, if it's not Kyler Murray, it's Jared Goff, so I,
1: think it's I, don't, I feel like I don't, don't
0: need to stack him.
1: Yeah, no need to stack. I wish last week Cousins was my my play, and I had him in my lineup, and I just didn't stack him with Diggs. Uh, if I had done that, I'd be a, a lot richer than I am sitting here today. Would, it would have been a money one. The squeaky wheel cut all the grease last week, so I wish I had stacked him. Uh, but with Russell, my quarterback, I don't know who – at the same way I don't know exactly who I would stack him with because I don't love Lockett this week, maybe DK. So it's same type of idea there. In terms of saving money, uh, if we're not going Goff or we're not going Russell – I'm probably going to go either one of those guys because I feel like saving at wide receiver is pretty easy when TY is as cheap as he is, when Lazar is as cheap as he is. That gives you a lot of flexibility to get these elite options in there. But if I did want to save at quarterback, which is generally the route I go, I don't hate Minshew Mania against Cincinnati giving up the most points to quarterbacks. Without Ramsey on defense, it should be more of a shootout-style game uh, I definitely think Minshew could have a huge bounce back after his like five point dud last week. He's projected to be very low owned because of that dud. So I'd like him, and I also like the fact that Philly Rivers is only a hundred bucks more than him. So if I wanted to do a stack of Philly Rivers Hunter Henry stack, doesn't seem so bad in my opinion. Is there any cheap guys uh, that you might cost uh, you know c- cut some budget and, and really save with here?
0: Um, not a fan of too many of the cheaper guys. Stafford not getting the price adjustment at fifty two hundred is someone I'd consider. I do like the Minshew pick at 5,400. Um, maybe Jacoby at 56. That wouldn't be bad if it does end up turning into a shootout against Houston. But yeah. I feel like these guys, you just kind of put them all in a hat, pick them out blindly if you need to.
1: Yeah. It seems to me definitely, unless you're going with the, the Minshew matchup, to me it's a pay-up-at-quarterback type of week, uh, in my opinion. They're projecting Matt Ryan actually as the highest percent owned at fifteen percent, Lamar Jackson twelve point four percent, Russell ten point four percent, Josh Allen, who's the fifth highest paid quarterback this week, and means sense when he's facing Miami nine point four percent, and Jared Goff coming right in after him at nine point four percent. If I was gonna, you know, go for that mid range, though, it's got to be Goff over Jer- uh, Josh Allen, in my opinion. Um, all right, tight end. I mean, we both locked into the, the, the main guy here. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's Evan Ingram. It's the Arizona Cardinals yep. matchup. It worked gravy for us last week with Austin Hooper. There's really not a whole much more that needs to be said. It's just like a set forget. Whoever's facing Arizona, unless it's Tyler fucking Eifert, is going to get you 20 fantasy points. It, it's it's clockwork. Is there anything else to add to that?
0: Not really. Um, it's just a plug and play. So. It yeah. doesn't get much easier than this. It helps when he's this good too.
1: Exactly. I mean, this athleticism, more more athletic than Odell Beckham in terms of his measurables against this defense. He's going to run wild, and I think having Saquon Barkley back in there too only opens things up more for this entire offense and for Danny Dimes. I'm I'm really looking forward to that game. I expect a ton of points back and forth between these rookie QBs. Uh There's tons of great middle uh, of the pack options in that four to five k range, though. Is there anyone you're particularly loving in that price point?
0: I had Darren Waller written down in my notes until I saw an alert maybe 30 minutes ago that he was downgraded in uh, practice this week. So I'm not loving that anymore. Um, so if I was looking in that range, I'd probably go Mark Andrews at 4900 I feel like he's still pretty underpriced um, throughout this whole season. And, you know, I mentioned the potential shootout earlier between them and Seattle. He's probably been their best pass catcher or most consistent pass catcher. So I feel like him at that price range is still a pretty good bargain.
1: Yeah, if you're going Lamar Jackson at QB, I think that's the obvious stack option with him at 4,900. Uh, the guy's been a touchdown beast. He's been a scene stretcher all year. Uh, and Seattle's getting destroyed by tight ends, fourth most points to the position right now. So I love that call. I also love Hunter Henry at only 4,000. A great way to save some money for a guy yep. coming off a, over 100 yards and two TDs. And Tennessee's giving up a touchdown a game to, to tight ends right now. And, and the only game they didn't give up a touchdown to a tight end was Austin Hooper going. 130 and 11 catches on him. So I definitely think Hunter Henry could have himself a monster. Uh, there's also some interesting cheap options, though, too. My personal favorite, again, back to that Rams offense against Atlanta, I really like Gerald Everett at 3,700. They're giving up the eighth most points to tight ends. He's going to project it to be only 1.7% owned, fresh off a of dud. I, I do think I could see some that that run after the catchability. This guy is a monster at breaking tackles. I could definitely see him having a, a big day against this pathetic tackling defense and finding the end zone and, and saving yourself some money from those elite options. Who else do you like that's a, a cheap tight end this week, Jimbo?
0: I like Everett. That's a good call. Um, if I'm looking that cheap, which I probably won't, but if I had to, I'd look at TJ Hawkinson a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's slowly coming back from that week one explosion. You know, he kind of, disappeared and faded off into the darkness for a couple weeks but it seems like his targets are coming back um he's dealing with that injury i think a little bit but he seems like a guy that could be uh primed for a bounce back here at home against minnesota
1: Minnesota, I think the the numbers aren't incredible for them, but they've given up a few sneaky big games to tight ends this year. So Hawkinson, definitely an intriguing play if you're saving at the position. So chalk-wise, Andrews is the projected highest at 18%. Hooper right behind him at 16.5% after all these big games. That's not surprising. Ingram coming in at third at 15.3%. I get that he's expensive at 6500 but that's a price point worth paying up for. That's probably the only thing keeping him out of being the top-owned guy is the fact that he's priced like an elite wide receiver. But ultimately, it's worth it. He's going to have himself 20 to 30 points. Waller was the the next highest at 14.8%. I expect that's going to go down, as you mentioned, with the injury. And Henry came in at fifth at at 10.8%. So a lot of names we already talked about are going to be chalky, but they're chalky for good reason. Uh, If you wanted to save and get away from the chalk, I do think Everett presents a nice option there. Uh, Kittle is, is projected to only be you know 2% owned and Kittle has been doing Kittle things lately so at only 200 more bucks than Ingram uh, I don't want to pivot away from Ingram. I'm not personally gonna but I wouldn't be shocked to see Kittle have himself a monster day uh, yeah. and, and really get you you know some nice points where everybody else was going to Ingram. In terms of defense, we both have the same one again, a common trend today. I think our line is going to be very similar so hopefully it works out for us. Yep. Uh, you love the Bears. Why?
0: I do. Um, this has like a sixteen to ten game written all over it. Um, yeah. Minimal points scored. Uh, Teddy, hand up. I was not a fan of Teddy Bridgewater, but he's been he's been doing well. He's winning games. He's doing what he needs to do to win. But in terms of yeah. fantasy, he hasn't been a standout quarterback. And especially now, if Kamara's potentially going to be out for the game, I just can't see them moving the ball too well against this. I mean, this Bears defense is one of the best in the NFL. Yeah. So I can't. I can't see Teddy having that great of a game we're putting up a ton of points against these guys um, and then I'd even almost consider this I mean they're only $100 cheaper but the Saints on the flip side yeah. another very good defense you're still dealing with Chase Daniel that offense is nothing to write home about so low scoring game I can go with either of those defenses but I would much prefer the Bears at 3000 that seems like such a uh, such a steal at that price.
1: Yeah, you never see him this cheap. Uh, I don't understand why. I know Bridgewater's protected protected the ball well, uh, but this defense hawks it like no other. I, I agree with you. I could see. The, the Saints getting shut down for you no know, no more than 10 points in this one. So I, I'm totally with you. If I was going to go elsewhere, I'd probably be to pay up for either the Bills or the 49ers. The rest of the matchups just are really tricky to project this week. Maybe the Giants, yeah. their pass rush has been solid uh, and with Arizona's line as bad as they are. Maybe them. But I I would if I'm going to pay up, uh, I love the Bills at home against Miami. And then San Fran's been shutting down everybody. They're going to have no problem eating Washington's horrendous offense at all. So this is a week you either go to the Bears if you want to save some money on defense, get 3K, or you mm-hmm. pay up and get one of those top two matchups in the Bills or 49ers. There's really exactly. no one else I'm going to be looking at at all. Alrighty, uh, I mean that, that pretty much wraps it up. I know we like to talk about some you know high scoring totals. I don't know, Did you have you looked at the Vegas totals for any of these games yet and, and have those numbers ready? or I, I don't um, gamble at all. I, I can imagine like the Rams-Atlanta's <laughs> one of the highest uh, over-unders I imagine Arizona, you have them down here, right, actually. Arizona, New York, and, and Seattle, Baltimore. And those are definitely the three games I'm most involved in. Um, and it's a great strategy, too. We see so many of the Millionaire Makers stacking, you know, three or four to even five players all from the same game, and we just see back and forth affairs. And that's how people win these Millionaire Makers. Uh, and I totally could see, you know, that Rams-Atlanta game being one of those such options. Uh, which other games, is there any others you want to the highlight or mention?
0: Um, you pretty much touched them. The Rams-Falcons is the highest at 54.5 right now. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals-Giants is a sneaky one. You don't think, because they're both shitty teams, but they're both horrible defenses, so it's a potential for a lot of points there. That's 50.5. Nice. Um, so that's another one to target. And then aside from that, I think it was just the, the Ravens and the Seahawks at 48.5 that are that's close enough to highest. 50 to to yeah. garner some attention
1: there. I take the over on that one, but the, both those quarterbacks going back and forth with each other and oh, yeah. neither both defenses are just, you know, names at this point. I don't think either of them are exactly. all that talented. So yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I, I love all three of those matchups. righty, Jimbo, another great one in the books. I appreciate the time on a Thursday for you to, to pop down and give the RSJ crew uh, their, their DFS fix here.
0: Absolutely, and uh, hopefully uh, Royce Freeman can trip on in the end zone for you in a couple uh, hours. I'm,
1: so. I'm praying for it. I certainly will be <laughs> offering some things up to the fantasy gods later. Uh, this is, of course, the Roto Street Journal Fantasy Fullback Dive, where we pave your path to 2019 titles. I am the Wolf of Roto Street at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Jimbo, If anybody wants to follow you for some good DFS takes.
0: Uh, let me pull it up. I think it's. You don't just, even know yeah. your
1: Twitter handle on the top of your head. You ship them.
0: No, Uh, I haven't been tweeting out DFS stuff. Um, It's at DJ McGinnis.
1: We just need it to be RSJ Jimbo Slice from now on. We got to start getting our RSJ handles up there.
0: I was going to say, I might just have to make one just to tweet out DFS stuff because my friends will probably get pissed at me if I just flood their timelines with DraftKings prices and everything.
1: (laughs) I like it. That'd be perfect. (laughs) Do it. Piss him off. Piss off that Mad Money, Mike. Uh, but yeah, you can follow exactly. Jimbo at whatever lame handle he just threw out there. You can follow our main site, Roto St Journal, on Twitter, Roto Street Journal, on Facebook, where you can find us for our live broadcasts every Sunday. Our flagship broadcast. We had over 250 questions on uh, two weeks ago. Last week was at Old Planners, which we're hopefully going back to soon. Great event. Thanks for coming down too, Jimbo. I appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a blast, man. That was that you was will. so much fun. So we're hoping to do that again in the near future. Uh, for sure so but this week we'll be back in the basement with the bald one himself uh, so come on down to the fantasy tailgate get all your sit start questions answered uh, thanks so much for tuning in guys look forward to seeing you on Sunday we used to have it all but now's our curtain call so hold for the applause oh oh oh, oh. and wave out to the crowd and take our We stole the show. least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old fashioned football right there, folks.